Fury is proudly hosted by Red Nation Online. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and everywhere else you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome everyone to episode 60 of Our Sister Fury. This is your host John, today with Blocksmith. Hey, what's up? And Ryan. Hey, nice voice, uh, Blocksmith. And it's great that we're it's an bad. audio podcast because if you could actually see us right now, we <laughs> all look like zombies. <laughs> we are freaking exhausted. What a night, guys. Sunday night. Uh, which was 48 hours ago, I might I know. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about my Monday work day. <laughs> it's a miracle I got through that. I'm still not sleeping at night because I'm freaking buzzing. <laughs> it's uh. Can you guys believe it that we went from ninth in the spring season to fall season champion and are now going to the final in New fucking York? New York City. I've heard of this Long New York. Island. Yeah. Yeah, in Long Island. Not really New York City. And uh, we're hearing a little we're hearing a few things say that the game might be sold out. Yeah, I mean already. It's your last opportunity to see Raul and Senna play. And uh, it's an opportunity to see, to see uh, one of many, many championships for the Ottawa Fury. <laughs> okay, but before uh, we get into all of that, let's get back to the match and discuss lineup. So we were happy to see that um, Falvey made it, made it back. Uh, he was missing earlier in the week in, in training sessions, but he lined up as usual with Alvis. And then we had Trafford and Richie Ryan and Romel Pizer in goal as usual. We also had Richie Ryan from the start, which was phenomenal to see. And he actually ended up playing the entire 120 <laughs> minutes, which is crazy because he just got back from injury, he hasn't played in a while. Uh, and next to him was Julian de Guzman, who played 105 minutes, and then Ubi, who also played the entire match. And then we had Junior, and who was the other winger? Wiedemann. Wiedemann, right. And Tommy Heinemann up front. So pretty much the strongest lineup that we could have... Why are you shaking your head, Ryan? I just can't believe it. It's unreal. Like, seeing seeing uh, De Guzman and Richie Ryan, like, dominate that midfield. Like, Minnesota didn't touch the ball in the first half. They had to, like, dive. And... Was this the best match of Julian De Guzman this season? Best Fury match. Yeah, I think, I think you could say that for a lot of players. Yeah, Wiedemann's best match. It was probably one of the best matches I've seen the Fury play. Yeah. We had so many chances. We completely dominated the game. Um, But we we went down fairly early after a penalty uh, when Falvey tackled, uh, who was it? Minnesota player, of course, but... Yeah, I wasn't sure. It wasn't Ramirez. But it was a really silly penalty to concede. Uh, It looked like it was a foul, but... We almost already had possession there. There was no need for him to slide in, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's, he missed time to tackle. He got the player, but at that point, the ball was already gone, so... It's a penalty. I mean, yeah, it was a penalty, but... <laughs> but silly one to concede yeah. for sure, and that was pretty much the only major chance Minnesota had, at least in the first half, that I can remember. I don't think they had a shot on goal, besides the penalty. Uh, I think there was a chance like, right, right at the end, when... Uh, Alves cleared it off the line, but yeah, that was. I don't know if it was even. That wasn't even close to. I think it was going wide. As good as the chances that we, we and mostly Tommy Heinemann had. In the first half. Yeah, Minnesota—they're just chasing. 
and and they were spread out like uh the fury had them all out of shape they they couldn't get anything going uh they're doing an amazing job like when the fury lost the ball they they attacked like at the right moments and minnesota had nothing going in minnesota they like to play this game and i can't stand it they play this game where they they get close to the box try to fall down they they throw a fit and they you know hit the ground when they don't get the calls they play the referees that way and it was working in the first half there was a lot of yellow cards for both teams but it seemed like a lot of calls were going against ottawa and it was working and i and i kind of felt like the referee got wise to their game and just didn't fall for it anymore yeah we should say that the referee had a pretty good game for nasl yeah. standards yeah it was a, it would yeah. it was a tough game to to referee I think two teams that are kind of physical and what Ryan was just saying. A lot of shenanigans. The flopping loons were out in yeah. full force. Yeah, but I mean... There was some it, flopping fury towards it's, the end. It's, a, <laughs> it's, you know, one-legged semi-final. Like, you have to uh, be a little bit more generous as a referee, referee I think, than in a normal game. So there's probably some calls that could have resulted in a, in, a, in a second yellow, even maybe for Tommy Heinemann. Mm. Um or, you know, there were some studs-up tackles that Minnesota players were doing, too, that, that went unpunished, right? Two, two-footed tackles that weren't even a card in the second half. So, on a, there's one on Junior, and then one later when Oliver came in. Yeah, so that was pretty much the first half. So, we went, uh, we were 1-0 down. Um, I'm sure the players noticed the supporters in the stands. Uh, were pretty loud. Our section was full. Everyone was having a ball. I think the whole stadium was insane. Uh, there was times I'd look over and like the the whole middle of the stadium was standing. And it wasn't like because it was the end of the game. They were just into the game. It was pretty cool to see. Yeah, so official attendance announced was 9,435, which is the modern NASL playoff match record. So uh, before we go into the second half, just imagine we could host the final, eh? Like you would, mm-hmm. you would think that we would easily break the ten thousand. Oh yeah, upwards to fifteen thousand. Yeah, especially with New York with all those sports coming up, like we are going down. Yeah, yeah, and plus New York always draws a little bigger crowd mm-hmm. than like. Sorry, Minnesota, but no one, no one cares about you guys outside of Minnesota. <laughs> and no way, fans. I, I don't think I saw a single person. Uh, there were a few. Oh yeah, there were a few. Yeah, a few came up, and a few went back home. <laughs> Crying, but yeah, no, I didn't see them. That's good that you saw them. Um, and then Heinemann um, decided, you know, he needed to work on his 15 goals a season <laughs> tally, and he scored pretty much what two minutes after the beginning of the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 47th minute. Beautiful, uh, beautiful chest touch off his chest to give him that space, and then fires it past the goalkeeper short side. Yeah, I think the keeper still got a, a piece of it, but mm. just couldn't stop it. Uh, and then Minnesota got pretty angry. <laughs> and they they started uh, sending some uh, waves of attacks, but Fury withstood the pressure, and they just continued and continued to generate chances, mostly due to our midfield, which was lacking. <laughs> like, wasn't there in Atlanta, right? And, yeah, that was good to see that, that, that they had so much going forward. Um, I was kind of surprised that uh, Khalif Al-Hassan didn't really make much of an impression for Minnesota. He was one of the players I was most afraid of, which I sort of said in the preview. Mm-hmm. But he was pretty much invisible. Yeah, Mendez and uh, 
Ramirez was everywhere, and Ramirez seemed like very like well, he's such a big guy, but he was he was so uh, so easy to strip the ball off, and he's usually not like that. I was, it was weird how they didn't really go for it. <clears throat> yeah, there's a uh, when they brought Campos on, I thought Campos was probably their the scariest player they had playing. He had a lot. He had a few chances. Big guy. And he had that, that one shot where he had it wide open. And he mm-hmm. just missed it. And Pizer made some saves. Mm-hmm. There's, it was a nerve wracking game. Uh, going into extra time, I just I didn't. I don't know if I had any energy left. Or it was cra- I couldn't imagine what it's like for the players. Like, you know, you're playing like your thirty fourth game of the season, including cup tournaments and stuff, and it goes hundred. 120 minutes, 115 minutes. Or yeah, did you guys think it would go to penalties? No, I, I, I didn't feel it would. I, I thought it was almost definitely going to go to penalties. I'm like, I can't. I'm not going to be able to live through this. No. Yeah. Well, Tommy made sure it didn't. It was the 108th minute from an Ubi assist. Um, Blocksmith, you always do a good job describing our goals. Describe the most important goal in the Fury <laughs> history, please. <laughs> yeah, beautiful, beautiful pass from. From Ubi, basically from center. Uh, yeah, I just put it over the defense. Tommy was onside. It was close, but he was onside. Yeah, one bounce, kind of took off the bounce, left footed. No chance for the keeper. Unreal. Yeah, crazy. And uh, the row behind me nearly pulled off my head. <laughs> I just felt like arms all over, and there's people just <laughs> everywhere. And, it was the craziest, uh, craziest I've ever seen TD plays for any event. And like as soon as they had scored, I knew we were going to win. Like with our defense, with Pizer and goal, I just knew we were going to be able to protect this lead. And how deflated mm. Minnesota looked, too. Like. So can we say that after what had happened, what has happened after 120 minutes, where Minnesota clearly looked a more tired team, did Dos Santos make the right call to rest all these players after all? Um, <laughs> you know it was it's you know when know. he rested his players and they didn't get first, the one the one part of that was that they were gonna play Minnesota. They did, but the first part of that is they'd have to play probably have to play away the soccer bowl. So if they win the soccer bowl in New York, then yes. Okay, so we'll postpone that question <laughs> for next week. So, but so far so good. Um, yeah, but very entertaining match. Uh, I think for neutrals as well. Probably lots of people mm-hmm. tuning in uh, from the other markets. They probably had a good time watching that. Pretty intense game as well. Uh, yeah, people not from Minnesota probably enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, that was that's that's the best NASL game I've ever seen. And taking all partisan views, I've I've watched a lot of NASL last three years, and that's the best game. Yeah, I mean. Minnesota had a, like played a really good game. Like they didn't give away that game in any way, shape, or form. But Fury were just that much better. Uh, all right, so let's look at some of the shenanigans um, off the field. Um, there was a really awesome Richie Ryan sign box with that you oh, tweeted yeah. out. Uh, yeah. Can you describe a little bit what that was all about? Um, yeah, it was just Richie Ryan holding up a flopping loon above his head. <laughs> And the flop and loon is like a Minnesota player, sort yeah. of in the, like in the that re- position. <laughs> but didn't that happen one game? Remember Richie Ryan picked that guy up off the ground earlier in the season. Remember that incident? 
Guy yeah, was I don't know together. if that's coincidental or if, if that's the scene he's replicating. I don't know. Let's 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 just assume it's yeah. it's the scene. <laughs> and was it that game against Minnesota? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, and then at the end of the match, uh, all hell went loose, and the fa- the fans invaded the pitch. Did you begin that, John? No comment. <laughs> uh, yeah, as soon I, yeah, I, I don't know. Can I comment on this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. We don't. Our lawyers not present. <laughs> but um, I knew I had to be on that pitch when the whistle blew. Last home game of the season, huge win. I just couldn't contain myself. And actually, I have no recollection from the mo- moment I, I uh, jumped over the railing by the time I was in the huddle with the players. Like, it was just so much adrenaline, and like, I'm, I'm completely blanking. Like, honestly, I don't remember it exactly. It just, but I was like, I was buzzing like all night because it was like so many endorphins. And then when all the other uh, fans came and were chanting, and Falvey's in the middle, like, it's, it was just freaking awesome like this is you know up there with you know my best soccer moments of my life honestly the fury posted a great video of the pitch invasion and the part where like people picked up falvey and everyone's chanting and and it was and i was i was seeing it where falvey took someone's beer and poured it over his head yeah and he was like yeah and that's like that's just one of those moments that i'm gonna remember that's like this year that's something like my mental scrapbook so would you rate that over the atlanta win last year the 2-0 on the wednesday <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the highlight of yeah. our year last year <laughs> yeah that was the highlight of our year last year that was crazy that two nothing win the first win at td place like wow what I mean, a different season what a difference. It, it feels totally surreal still that we're in the freaking yeah, final it doesn't feel real at all yeah uh, so. Unfortunately, last game of Mark Dos Santos at home, um, we kind of paid him tribute at the last regular season game home match. Um, but yeah, that's really the only sad component mm. of that. It's not too late to change your mind, is it, Mark? Is it too late for him to change his mind? I don't know. Oh. We're being selfish. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that pretty much concludes this segment, right, guys? Yeah. Okay, Amazing so. Game. Yeah, <laughs> so let's take a break and then we'll bring you some Ottawa Fury related news, a uh, little bit of PLSQ stuff, listener questions, and uh, of course, uh, at the very end, we'll preview the game against uh, New York Cosmos. You're listening to Ours is the Fury, your number one source for all things Ottawa Fury FC. Welcome back, guys. So let's take a look at the PLSQ and uh, League Ontario finals. Was the second leg played yet, Ryan? Uh, no, it's uh, November 14th at 6 p.m. I think we mentioned this last week, actually, at, at the Complex Terrible, just north of uh, Laval in Montreal. So last game, the Oakville Blue Devils won 3-1 to one over CS Mount Royal. And they're playing the home game of the home and home. So... I don't know. It's not too much excitement left in this. Yeah, so you could go to that game and then leave from Montreal and go to New York. Yeah, you can take the uh, Amtrak train right from Montreal to New York. It's true. It's only 11 hours. <laughs> then you have to go to Long Island from Central Station. <laughs> Which is another 11 hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Kyle Aaron was named uh, 2015 MLS Rookie of the Year, which we're telling you not only because he plays for the Canadian national team, but also because he is a League One Ontario product. I did not know that. Well, do you know what team he played for? Uh, Sigma. Oh, it's part of the Sigma program. Wow, yeah, that's a good program. I don't know. I'm making that. I'm oh, just okay. guessing. That sounds familiar. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Is he from Brampton? Because that's where they're all from. <laughs> wow. Um, Ottawa Fear News. Uh, did we mention last week that Ali Hassan was named to the NASL Team of the Week? We did not. And was he the only Fury player to make it? Yes. That's the first Because time. he scored. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> he scored a poaching goal. Well, good for him. Um, then we have Vinny Dantes, former Fury player. Scored two goals and had two assists uh, in the Baltimore Blasters' first match of the uh, indoor MASL season. Tim, did you watch this? No, I didn't get the chance to. But I you are it, looking. I saw it afterwards. You are looking forward but to. But I will. I will be watching some. Watching. Do you want to do an MASL focus? Tony Donatelli. <laughs> you want to do another podcast just on Fury players who now play in indoor? <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the, there's like what one, two. Uh, Donatelli and Dantes. <laughs> oh yeah, Donatelli. Is Donatelli playing again? Yeah, there? yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Can I tell you, I'll just tell you this quick story about, um, I was sick of my Apple TV uh, screensaver. Yeah. And then I noticed you could use Flickr tags to make a screensaver. So I was like, oh, Ottawa Fury FC or Fury FC. I tried all these. And I have the sweetest Ottawa Fury screensaver. And it's like this giant Donatelli picture always starts. And it goes <laughs> all the way down the screen. I'm like, miss you, Tony. <laughs> Miss you, man. Um, speaking of great Fury and former Fury players, Pizer is officially named the winner of the 2015 NASL Golden Glove. Fantastic. Not a surprise to anybody. To no, any, we knew this uh, weeks ago. To anybody in the league. 0.76 goals conceded per game. Yeah. That's less than a goal per game, Ryan. For those you know, yeah. who don't do math. Yeah, <laughs> Way less. <laughs> um, and then w there, w there must have been another uh, award that the Ottawa Fury got. Oh, yeah, the Fair Play Award. What's that about? Tim. Yeah, I would rather not win that award, to be honest. <laughs> we're the friendliest team. It's because we're Canadian. Yeah, we said sorry a lot. Yeah, we won uh, it was one, one red, 45 yellows, and 30 matches. Oh. And I remember that red was complete bullshit. Who was the red? That was Julian de Guzman in like the first game. Really? When I don't he, remember this. When the ref made this horrible call. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he went after, he was blew up on the ref, and the ref just gave him a straight red for it. Yeah. It's, it's funny, because uh, Ryan Richter's first game with the Ottawa Fury, he got, a, mm -hmm. he got a red. But think about this. 45 yellows in 30 matches. That's 1.5 yellows a game. That's nothing. He That's like a, a month in San Antonio Scorpio <laughs> land. Oh yeah, that's like three Scorpions games. <laughs> I was arguing that actually the Scorpions should get the Fair Play Award just because they made it so damn easy for their opponents. Uh, no, that's not a good argument. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and um, I guess we should at this point, uh, even though it's not really NASL news, uh, Ottawa Fury news, but it is NASL news, mention who won the Golden Boot. Yes. Mm. Someone from the strikers, maybe? It was still a leading scorer, and I know who the leading scorer was. So it might be him. Stefano Pino? Yep. 
that the the midfielder playing out of position. So is, is there another award for just like MVP of the year? Yep, MVP young player year and coach will be After awarded. The I assume. I wonder who the coach of the year could be. Maybe a Canadian. Oh, the guy from San Antonio? <laughs> the guy just oh. got fired at baggage claim? <laughs> oh. Ouch. Um, uh, moving on. <laughs> well, uh, let's look at some other uh, NASL stuff. Um, I mean, we'll get to the big news in a second, but the, the future of Atlanta Silverback still undecided. Oh. Hopefully they can somehow save, save themselves. As far as I know, maybe as the Gorilla podcast can help us out, but... I don't think they have a lease signed for next year. Like, they don't own that stadium. Uh. So, got to figure out something quick because the preseason down there starts in the end of January, February. So, Lots of teams uh, releasing players. The Tampa Bay Rowdies released seven. Kontofalski, Balkan, Fernandez, Nunez, Saragossa. And Herzog. Boggs. And then Herzog, really the only one. Well, Saragossa's. That's surprising. Saragossa's kind of a name for them. So. Yeah, Herzog, uh, two years ago, he was playing for the Whitecaps. Um, Jacksonville also trimmed their roster significantly. Um, Marco Flores, Bocci Hoyos, Lucas Rodriguez, Ramak Safi, Fabricio Ortiz, David Sierra, Joseph Toby, Tyler Williams, all gone. Although they did re-sign that Haitian international that they got mid-season, um, Medjuk Jerome. Wow. And they're down, I heard they're down to 19 players right now in Jacksonville. So, so they just had a massive squad mm-hmm. to begin with. Yeah, they, and they have players that haven't even seen the pitch this year. So, All right, so let's do the, the sad news first, uh, that the San Antonio Scorpions sold their stadium to the city and that a Spurs-backed ownership group is looking towards MLS, but it's probably going to go through USL. So is this, like, official that, that they're going to, like, that the Scorpions are no longer in our league? Or is this just what everyone assumes is going to happen? Um, I think this is what everyone assumes. It's not official. Although I I say it doesn't look good, but it's not official. I assume there'll be a quiet press release, like after the soccer ball. We always criticize the NASL that they never told us that OKC has died officially, and that's because they're not really <laughs> dead! <laughs> Although they have been resurrected in a completely different manner than any of us expected. Specifically, uh, uh, our super guest, Kendra, who happens to be uh, a giant Rio Vallecano fan. Um, you know, after the Fury, of course. Uh, Ryan, what the hell is happening? Well, we, we heard about this. It's not a surprise. We, we, we had talked about it on this show like over a month ago, I think. That Rayo is looking into putting a team into the NASL, and the rumor is Oklahoma. And it sounds really bizarre to say out loud. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing culturally. I don't understand how that's going to work. Like a leftist, uh, left-leaning politically club in Europe, hipster club, going in the Bible Belt in Texas. And Well, in Oklahoma, <laughs> not Texas. Oh, yeah, me and U.S. geography don't agree. <laughs> but it's close. Some, yeah. Someone pointed out after Minnesota leaves, Oklahoma would be the closest team to Edmonton at 2,800 kilometers. That's crazy. Like, my U.S. geography is so bad. Like, I Google mapped Oklahoma just to see, like, how far it is. And then at first I got excited. 
because the hours was relatively little, but then I realized that was flight time. So <laughs> it was like 24 hours by car. I was like, okay, definitely not road trip uh, distance yeah. for a weekend. Yeah, it is odd. I got to point out that the owner of Rayo is it's different than, than the fans and the team. Like the team itself is, you know, political team and, and the supporters groups are very political. But the owner is actually like, He's actually a businessman that's trying to trying to put his brand out there. So I think it's a positive move just to have have uh, more teams in the NASL and to go into a market like Oklahoma, especially the west part of the city. Uh, the energy, from what I gather, is in the east, very east. And if you drive twenty minutes from dead center of Oklahoma, it's this it's this stadium, and it's just off the interstate. So yeah, they're playing at. Uh... UConn High School, which thanks to football, high schools have huge stadiums. This is another thing that's super weird. So they play at UConn High School, and what's the name of the county? Canadian County. <laughs> um, and we should mention that the ownership, like the part owner of, uh, of OKC is the same guy that, uh, that had the first bid, right? Like, so that part's still alive. Did I read that right? No, I haven't actually heard anything about that, but... Uh, I thought it's the same guy that was there, like, initially. He just resurrected it now with the help of uh, Ryo. Huh? That's very possible, I didn't... I didn't know. Okay, I don't, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that's what I read. Um, are we going to have football lines at the stadium? Well, they were showing the pictures today without football lines, and with, like, the rail crest, and they actually have seating in the end zones now, which wasn't there before. Yeah, I think it's going to be set up kind of like the indie, where they have the track that they all have the end zone seating as kind of like removable stands. So the stadium is expandable up to ten thousand people. So maybe that's what they're planning with the with the end zones. And how are fans in Spain uh, reacting to all of this? There's been a few protests, um, some giant signs uh, throughout. Vallecano, Madrid, uh, they do not want their team associated with an American city. And so it's interesting to see the backlash. We'll see what happens. But um, this, isn't, this, this isn't Chivas USA situation. It's something different. So, and it looks like they know how to connect with uh, the people in Oklahoma. There was a large, uh, large group of people at the announcement. It looks like they're doing things right. Uh, the excitement level was crazy online from people in Oklahoma. And the energy, they, they draw a good crowd. And people are like, finally, like second division. We're getting, you know, and then they understand that this is better than what they have. So it's pretty interesting. It's still so hard to understand what the motivation is from, from a business owner in Spain to invest in the second division club in the States. From like a niche club too. Like this isn't like a, a big brand club that everybody recognizes. So there's lots of soccer fans that don't know who, who, who this club well, is. I think that's maybe the point is that teams like, you know, Bayern, Barcelona, Real Madrid don't need to do this stuff. But like a smaller club Rayo can put their name out there. People don't like, like instead, if it wasn't for Kendra, I wouldn't have known what this team was. 
until today. I mean, the obvious counterpoint to that would be New York City FC. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, a super club doing the same thing in, in, in North America. But League. if you're a businessman and you see what's happening to North American soccer, wouldn't you want to get in on the ground level and, and then 10 years from now your team... Like, look, the the MLS teams are... TFC was uh, less than $10 million expansion fee, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And what's an expansion fee now? It's over 120 million. 120 million. And like, how many years is that? That's nine years ago. Yeah. So people want to get in on the ground floor in this. I, I totally understand why European clubs want to have teams in North America. I, I don't know about the branding and all that. That's But I understand the business side. Yeah, that's it's great for them. Okay. Um, so let's move on. Um... Thomas Paine, who is an ex-Galaxy executive, was named the new president of Puerto Rico FC. Um, Ryan, you followed MLS the longest. Can you talk about him a little bit? Uh, Payne was one of the guys, part of the AEG group, that brought Beckham over and really, uh, really uh, did a lot of work with the Galaxy and turned that into like a lasting brand. Um, he was with them until 2012. Unfortunately, like they say he quit, but it looks like he was fired by uh, Tim Lewicki, which uh, TFC fans know very well and the kind of stuff he's capable of doing. Um, so this guy's been in so- soccer circles in the United States at least since 96. He used to be a consultant for the MLS. So for Puerto Rico FC to get this guy on board, like just, just his Rolodex alone, it's going to be a huge benefit. Um, then uh, the Canadian League was mentioned during the MLS uh, halftime shows um, obviously not officially but hinted uh, I didn't see any of this because this was all Sunday night um, I don't know uh, Blocksmith <laughs> none of us saw it <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see the Don Garber I didn't see the Mon- Montagliani one but he seemed kind of to push it aside yeah, that's what I read. I didn't see the interview myself. Uh, the Garber one, Garber looked annoyed when they asked him about the Canadian League. And uh, and when they asked the president of CSA, he was just like, he just kind of didn't want to talk about it. Which, mm-hmm. once again, it wasn't straight up denials or anything. Just, you know, kind of like... Mm-hmm. So. Speaking of things I don't want to talk about, is this uh, Hansen Boakai to TFC rumor business that's going on. So it's not confirmed. There's some voices in Edmonton saying this is not going to happen. But there's lots of voices in Toronto also saying that this will happen. So Boakai is on the discovery list for Toronto FC, so they have first dips on him, right? Yeah, that speaks to the quality of Boakai. Edmonton fans say no, 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 no. And Toronto fans are like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, but we all know what's going to happen. Like, they're going like he's he's a offensive creative midfielder which is like prime role for dps or better players uh he's going to end up on the bench or end up playing for tfc2 and, and we'll move on like i don't it's not the right place for him no. or it'll work out i don't know i'm just cynical about it yeah uh if he's not playing in edmonton what what chance does he have in tfc yeah but that's colin miller that's also. yeah that's internal stuff that's cuz you know Colin Miller's he's he demands his players to you know be a certain way. Yeah, but I, I can't imagine Boak I showing up late to TFC meetings and them having him play. Right. Oh yeah. So he's just gonna kind of fall into that the same trap again, unless 
Unless it's like a TFC signs him and then just loans him back to Edmonton. Uh, you know, like maybe a change would be good for him, but I don't know if that's the change that would be good for him. I would uh, look forward to, to tracking him abroad. <laughs> Speaking of uh, national team players, what about the guy from New York, Andres Flores? Plays for El Salvador. Yeah, he declined the call-up uh, for uh, World Cup qualifiers and during this international break, so he will be available for the New York Cosmos. And he'll uh, probably play against Canada, ironically, because Julian de Guzman will also uh, play for Canada, and he, uh, he won't be available for the Ottawa Fury, because unfortunately the NASL scheduled the soccer bowl during an international break, so um, Julian de Guzman is expected to go with the Canadian national team, and you know, not only expected, he will go. He's on the roster, he's the captain, so we can't ask him to, to play for the Fury that match. So we uh, had a listener question about that. We asked you guys, club or country, what do you think of the Julian de Guzman situation? Yeah, so John W. was the first to uh, reply, and he says, I doubt Canada will qualify. His presence in the NASL championship game would be much more significant. To top it off, the Guzman played amazing in the last game. So, John, I know you personally. And I don't like you anymore. No. Um, yeah. This is a huge game for Canada. It's a World Cup qualifier. And to, just to say, oh, it's why bother? Canada, Canada shouldn't send their captain because, I don't know, it just seems crazy. Yeah, like to put it into context, you know, if Brazil had a, a a crucial World Cup qualifier that would you know determine whether or not they're going to be at the next World Cup, and Neymar had a had the the, the would be missed of the final league game of um, La Liga, like no one would be questioning that Neymar would have to play for Brazil that day, right? Um, I I mean. I, I get the sense that maybe John doesn't care that much about how Canada does. Because, like, for me, like, I'm both a huge uh, Fury fan, but I also care greatly for the Canadian national team. So not having your captain would be a huge, huge blow. Um, I mean, I may as well, like, you know, show my cards here right away. I think we're pretty deep in the midfield. We have Mauro Eustachio. Um, we, we got a Drew Becky that can come on. It sucks that he won't be there, but it's not the end of the world. I think his contribution to the Canadian national team is greater. Just his leadership role, the fact that he is the captain. And also, it, it's his last chance to make a World Cup. Uh, so, what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, well, I'm kind of more interested in what our listeners think. Because you know what I think. I, I, I put, it's a tough one because it's like my two favorite teams, but... And this and this guy plays on both teams, but uh, what what does uh, some of our listeners have to say? Uh, Zila at Zila says, "Didn't the Fury market De Guzman as cap- Canada's captain? May have already given the answer there." This is true. I mean, the Fury um, when they announced the signing, you know, said clearly he's the captain, and that was uh, something that they sold. But it's not the Fury's fault that NESL decides. To not respect the international break. I mean, you may notice there's no MLS playoffs going on <laughs> in the next two weeks, right? Um, so yeah, I wouldn't put that on on, on the Fury's marketing team. Yeah, they could have easily had the uh, the championship game at the end of November. But it, it would have been would have been weird though. Like 
two weeks or one week before. So, um, Matt Hawkins used Facebook to engage with us this week. He says, horrible timing for the Canadian goose. But Julian came to the free so he could continue to be ready for the national team. We knew that from day one. Canada needs to win these two games. I doubt he will play the full 90 in Vancouver, but he has an important leadership role for a young team. It was anyone else, though. If it was anyone else, though, I'd be disappointed. Yeah, see, so obviously uh, Matt's uh, a supporter of the Canadian national team, and it matters a lot. So I think that's where we're seeing a divide among the listeners, is people that really value the national team and then the ones who don't. And it's it's tough position. I imagine what it's like for him. I can't imagine. Like, your your club team's going to the final, this amazing Cinderella story, and then you got World Cup qualifiers. And uh, Namu at BBSC Solbro. Blame NASL and North American general for their stupidity. De Guzman should play in the title game, but that's but it's his choice. JDG has earned the right to choose. Gotta credit JDG's commitment to the national team. Most guys his age would have already retired on the international stage by now. That being said, we're comparing the first two games of the fourth round World Cup qualifiers and the league championship final. Ladder should take precedent. Fair. Uh, I agree with most of what Namo says, except the last point. Like, I don't see why the, the league championship final should take precedence, because this is do or die for Canada. If they don't get points in these next two matches, that's it, pretty much, because they also have the likes of Mexico in the group, so we know they're not going to get points most likely against them. Yeah, you're feeding to John's point, John W's point. Like, <laughs> why bother, right? Yeah, but uh, great to see Namu come up for uh, the last match yeah. as well. And Jordan, he's, Jordan says, Bigger question is why the NSL wants to attract international players but can't use the international calendar. Very good point, I think. And it's, not, it's like the final game, so obviously the best players that are on national teams are going to be in the final game. I'm just happy to see Jordan contribute because he helps me out a lot with uh, Canucks abroad. <laughs> <laughs> Good that there's some cross-promotion going on here. Um, OIT question bot tweeted in. He said, failing to sync domestic schedule with international is another North America problem that needs fixing. Pro-rel, solidarity payments, this, etc. The list goes on. All right, we're not going <laughs> to open all those cans of Pandora's worms, box there, yeah. But, I mean, MLS, to give them some credit, they are respecting the break. It's really an NASL issue. And USL has already ended. Although USL probably doesn't have many national team players, if any. Yep. And Stu at Fury Fanatic says, if Mauro wasn't a complete all-star all year long, then I'd say JDG should play for the Fury. But between Bex and Mauro, I think we have the quality to cover him in midfield. People act like he has a choice. MDS wouldn't let him miss a men's national team cap. Yeah, I, w- I agree with him completely. Yeah, very uh, good points. Our midfield's deep enough, and yeah, uh, Mark Dos Santos is a patriot and it's no secret that he wants to coach Canada at some point so he, he would never uh, st- stand in his way yeah and Teo Gauthier at Mimglow on Twitter says always country starting at your belly button will get you nowhere oh staring sorry not starting. what does that expression mean staring at your belly button will get you nowhere it means nothing to me it's not an ESL thing then okay no. But the question should never have to be asked. Respect the international break. So yeah, both sides. And and I know Teo uh, 
really, really cares about our national team. And Steve at Wellapt. He's 34. How many championships is he likely to see? He's a Canadian player playing on a Canadian team with a pretty good shot at winning. Well, he'll still get the winner's medal <laughs> just because he <laughs> misses the final. Uh, I, I think for someone like him, it's just as important to, to see his cu country qualify for Russia. I think, John, you don't read this last one, but I think it's a total cop-out. <laughs> Older Goaler uh, tweeted, and he says, country above all, except for actually championship or cup files. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing both, both sides. Yeah, you, right? can, you can't be on both sides of this. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's um, a crazy situation. I think the first you give him, you give him the choice, but if he didn't have the choice, then I'd say I'd rather him play for the Fury than he play for the national team. What's the Vegas odds of him playing like 15 minutes in Vancouver and, and then taking the flight to Long Island? Because the game's Friday in Vancouver and the game's Sunday afternoon in New York. Yeah, but then a couple days later you have the day in El Salvador. So it's just Okay, but happen. depending on the result though, if Canada win and get a full three points against Honduras, then maybe? I don't, I don't think so. Oh, come on. Let's have some fun with that. <laughs> Fun? That's not efficient. <laughs> um, thanks, guys, uh, for tweeting in. As you know, you can reach us at OIT Fury or our Facebook group or via our email, OurAssistTheFuryPodcast at gmail.com. No, no questions for us this week. Um, that's all right. Lots of other responses. <laughs> but if you do have questions for us, you know where to reach us. So let's take a break for now, and uh, then we'll uh, review um, how the New York Cosmos did against the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. And then we'll preview the soccer ball, soccer ball, soccer ball. You're listening to the Hours of the Fury podcast. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Before we get into the preview, we must discuss the other semifinal. New York Cosmos beat Ford Lauderdale Strikers 2-1. The game was played a day before. On Saturday, did you guys have a chance to watch this match? I did. I was uh, in the home of Wayne Gretzky, Ramford, Ontario. Oh, lucky and you. And so I was, wa I was watching the match on Twitter and talking to you guys. Yeah, um, it, the Cosmos say that there was 5,061 people at the match. <coughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I googled the uh, capacity of uh, MCU Park again because I'd forgotten. And it's 7,500. So, doing my amazing math skills again, that would mean that it was at three-quarters capacity. Now, the camera spun around a few times, <laughs> judging that, you know, about half of the stadium was empty, if not more. I highly, highly doubt they got that number, which is quite sad. It's New York. There's, like, 20 million people in one spot. <laughs> like, uh, I was excited that uh, the strikers got that early goal. Was it 15th minute? Yeah, that yeah. made it really uh -huh. interesting. And I was like, they're going to win, they're going to win, we don't have the soccer ball in Ottawa. And I was, I was with a bunch of people that don't know anything about soccer, and they're like, Ottawa has a soccer team? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was quite a beautiful shot. Uh, Maura had no chance to save it. Um, PC looked great the, the whole game, I thought, no? Yeah. Yeah, strikers came out, they just ran, ran at them. And I think, I think New York was kind of taken aback by it was really outplayed for the most part in the first half. Um, 
Yeah, what else happened? Um, well, then uh, they got a bad bounce. Kind of another bad bounce off the, off the arm of the defender. By the strikers outside the box. And Senna puts it in. And then Neves couldn't handle it. And basically just blocks the ball into the one New York Cosmo in the box. Yeah, so unlucky. Mm. Can't really blame the goalkeeper, no, no, right? No, no, he no. makes the reflex safe, but it just drops right uh, where the um, Cosmos player is standing. Uh, in the second half, the strikers uh, didn't really have much juice left, uh, and the speed slowed down quite a bit. Um, Raul, you know, of all players, uh, got the 2-1 for Cosmos, which, you know, the marketing uh, department probably lost their <laughs> shit over because <laughs> that's an easy story for them. Um but yeah, overall, deserved victory for the Cosmos. They they should have gotten a penalty too. Actually, I don't know if you remember. Mm. I forgot which two players Didn't uh, see it on were Twitter. involved. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, one player got like basically ninja kicked into the stomach, <laughs> yes. and the ref yep, was yep. like, "Keep playing." <laughs> um, yeah, I just remember watching this game and saying, "I would rather play either of these teams than Minnesota." Yeah, but now you know. Now that you know the outcome of both of these games, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, some of the Strikers fans were saying that they should have had the tying goal because it was called back due to offside. I never saw a replay where I could uh, tell, uh, definitely. But They look. showed the replay and the commentators like, oh, that guy's definitely offside, but it was a player that wasn't involved in the play. Yeah. But the guy who was could have been offside. It was If it was offside, it was offside by like, half an arm or something like that. Well, you can't be offside by an arm because you can only be offside by body parts with which you can score. It was a small body part. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Wow. You uh, should give us a fact every week about soccer. Like, because you're like a fountain of knowledge on these things. Thank you. Okay, anyway, let's get to the, the more important game at hand. This time, it's not going to be at MCU Park. It's going to be back at the usual home for the New York Cosmos at Hofra. Hofstra University Stadium. I hope there's not lacrosse lines on the field. There definitely be lacrosse lines on the field. <laughs> uh, I mean, for me, it's kind of cool to go there instead of MC. Uh, uh, what's it called? MCU Park. Yeah. Because we've been there before, so it'll be yeah. cool to check something else out. I've never been to Long Island before. No, why would you go there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And we just lost our listener from Long Island. <laughs> Uh, hopefully we'll run into that really nice Cosmos fan again that we met. Remember? Coney Island? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and Richter's family. Oh, and we should mention, you know, now or never, is if you want to go to this game, there is an amazing deal happening. $50 by bus. This is including the match ticket there and back. So basically we leave at 6 a.m. on a Sunday and we come back. Right after the game's done. <laughs> yeah, so you probably be back in auto. Realistically, 8, 8 a.m. Monday. Yeah, I don't know how exactly it'll work out. But if you're interested in this, who should you contact or what do you need to do? Uh, the Ottawa Fury are doing it through the club and with help from the Bytown Boys and Stony Monday Riot. So go to any of their Twitters, Ottawa Fury FC, Stony Monday Riot, or Bytown Boys SC. Or SG, sorry, and uh, or I think it's SC, or any of uh, <laughs> thanks, <Tim. laughs> or or any of their web pages. So you just got to sign up. It's through Capital Tickets. 
you pay your fifty dollars to your capital ticket account. You sh and you got to make sure you have a passport and all that. And someone will be calling you, confirming that everything's ready to go. I heard the team is going to do as many buses as as many people sign up. So today you're probably listening to this on a Wednesday. Do it now if you want to go, and it'll be amazing. And maybe you just want to go to New York and you want you want to get there for fifty dollars. Maybe watch a musical. Well, yeah. But no, Sex in the City tour. Oh no. <laughs> but no, it's it's amazing, and this is gonna be epic. This is like busloads of Fury fans going down to New York for the final, unreal. And there'll probably be a watch party here for the people staying. Yay, me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's quite a few supporters um, that don't have their full citizenship as well. And they can't leave the country right now until it goes through. I've, I've talked to like four or five different people. Yeah, the terrorists win this round. Yeah. <laughs> so, but there, there's going to be a watch party at Heart and Crown, of course. And Stony Monday Rider are going to host their watch party for the people that are staying. So, uh, get together with friends. Like, this is going to be awesome. Enjoy this fun. If you're wearing a Real Madrid Raul jersey, you're getting the shit kicked out of. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. Um, so yeah, it's going to be Raul's last game. Uh, it's also going to be Senna's last game for those... Uh, I'm more sad about Senna. I've said it before. I have to be honest... Like, Senna's bigger for the NASL. Yeah, yeah he is bigger for NASL, but he, he never really was on my radar. Like in Europe or anything. Whereas oh. Raul was like... He's, yeah. you know, undisputed footballing legend. Um, even I have to admit that. And he's a gentleman. He really is. But we'll still make fun of him. Um, yeah, uh, let's look at the record against the Cosmos. We, we beat them head-to-head. Uh, -head. We actually beat them at the same stadium 4-1 in their last game. Tied them 0-0 at home. And uh, our very last away loss all the way back in May was against the New York Cosmos. 1-0. Yeah. 1-0? Yeah, it was 1-0. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but it's it's the deserved final matchup. It's the spring season winner against the fall season winner, so that's the way it should be. Tim, what what thoughts do you have about this game? Yeah, it's gonna be uh, gonna be epic. I think uh, if you go down there, I believe slight favorites, which is crazy mm -hmm. to say. Like you went to said that at the start of the season. I think at the start of the season we're like. Oh, maybe we can get fifth. I think, I think the Cosmos peaked around like the nineteen seventy nine, like early fall season, and I just, I just age between like their core group has kind of finally caught up to them. But then again, you could spin that the other way around and say they have all that experience required mm. with Senna, Raul, and you name yeah, Restrepo. Yeah, there's players. You know, we always talk about Lucky and Restrepo and those players. They're still a scary if team. If freaking Andres Flores of El Salvador scores the winning goal <laughs> because he declined the international call and it was like on a play that only De Guzman would have prevented, <laughs> I'm going to lose my shit. Yeah, it'll be, interesting. it'll be interesting to see what kind of squad and what kind of tactic. Because uh, the strikers, they just tried to outrun the Cosmos, right? They just tried to like tire them, right? That's what I heard anyway. They're just going at him like crazy in the first half like what kind of tactic do you think the fury is are we gonna try to do the possession thing like we did to minnesota are we gonna 
I, I think it's going to be cagey, just like against uh, Minnesota, as we had predicted, actually. Again, um, Cosmos are a very well-balanced team. Um, you know, defense, midfield, uh, uh, strikers, all very good. Um, we're going to defend well, as we always do. Hopefully, uh, no weird mistakes or anything like that. Uh, I think we're going to probably sur surrender the ball a bit more than we, we usually do and play more on the counter, I would imagine, because we're playing away. Is that what you want to do against New York, is absorb pressure with that kind of attack that they have? Yeah, who knows? Uh, yeah, I mean, possession's going to be a lot tougher with New York, but I think probably pace-wise you could probably beat them. I think if Tommy has half the game he had last game, uh, the defenders for New York are going to have trouble. So we're expecting Tommy, obviously, to start. It'd be crazy not to have him. Oh, yeah. Tommy will start. Pizer will start. The usual back four will start. Um, there have been no injury news or anything. Um, I asked Chris Hoffley uh, via private message on Twitter, actually, if there's any injury news and if Richie Ryan can play. And like he responded and said, you'd, you know, you'd actually have to rip Richie Ryan's legs out of his body at this point. <laughs> yeah. he, he will play no matter what. Something interesting is I heard Nicky Patterson's healthier than he has been recently. He I know said be, he'd be ready to play, didn't he? Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. He's, uh, yeah. yeah, he's showing great progress. Hopefully he'll be back next be season. Even yeah. if he was on the bench, it'd just be a nice mm -hmm. gesture. Yeah. yeah but he's he's it, such a leader for this team. Hopefully they'll fly him out there and put him on the uh, charter plane. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the wingers could be interesting because uh, we always rotate. Uh, I get the sense that the Santos really likes the defensive work that Junior does, so I, I would imagine Junior will play. I'm not so sure if Wiedemann will get the start or if it's gonna be Oliver. What do you think, Tim? Uh, I don't know, but I I probably tend toward. Wiedemann for starting. I thought he had a pretty good game last game. Put one off the post. But Oliver's equally as good. I don't know. I guess it depends what matchup they have. Yeah. Uh, and then in the middle, it's going to be obvious. Ubi, Richie, Ryan, and Mauro. Yeah. Mauro, when he came on last game and the moves he was pulling mm -hmm. and what like the magic he is, like, this kid is amazing. Like, he has a younger brother, right? Plays in Portugal. Apparently, he's equally as talented. Well, maybe we could have both of them here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was just him going down to the, the Olympic qualifying, but after he, like, he always he always played well, but he seems to have this a, a bigger spark now that he's come back from that that qualifying tournament. I don't know if it gave him a lot of confidence or or what, but it just looks like an even better player now. Yeah, that pretty much makes this a wrap, no? Yeah, game's oh. gonna be oh prediction time. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. So last, I think the last game I predicted one one extra time and then the penalties. Yeah, so. we both did. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Good did. thing it didn't go to penalties. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. I I don't know. I can't predict this game. I'm gonna say two nothing Ottawa. Wow, I was I was leaning towards two nothing, and then I was like, no, one nothing Ottawa. So one nothing Ottawa, two nothing Ottawa. Ottawa wins. That's what I predict. I really hope you win. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Game's gonna be on uh, ESPN for our American. Uh, ESPN three for American, maybe One World Sports as well, because th- they do have that New York Cosmos contract. Uh, NASL.com for Canadian viewers. If you're in the Rogers, Ottawa. Rogers twenty two. Yeah, Rogers twenty two. If you're in the Ottawa. Region. Go to a watch party or something. Don't watch by yourself. Oh, and that's so much more fun watching it with people that really, really care. It's awesome. If we don't make it back, we had a good ride. <laughs> yeah, we I'll be back next year to do the podcast alone. Yeah, if, if you're interested in doing a podcast with a blogsmith, and because something happens to John and I, he he will be here, and it's an incredible asset. To Must know Garage Band. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's a wrap, guys. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you Tuesday, where we'll probably be even more exhausted than today. Toodles. See ya. <laughs>